Yeah, people have asked me about it before. Professor Hollowwind, why do we keep a talking fey tree with a penchant for evil and an unsettling interest in Faustian bargains? And I tell him what I know. Sometimes we use pieces of it for spell components, uh, old magic research and the like, but it's only half the truth. The half I don't tell him is... I don't really know. The Reesebeth was here long before I was a teacher. Hell, long before I was a student. And when something like that's been growing for that long, the question shouldn't be, why do we keep it? It should be, why can't we get rid of it? Professor Rose Hollowind, Head of Nature and Druidic Studies at the Adventuring College of Faerun. Best from afar, and far from the best. But it's better than good. Is good, better, quest. To Good Better Quest, I am, of course, your Fungin Master David Holman, and with me, as always, are my friends, and we're going to play a game of Dungeons and Dragons, partly for your entertainment, but today mostly for us. I don't know why today mostly for us. It just—it's a self-care day. It's a self—it's self-care day. I nodded quietly, like they would hear me. They did. <laughs> you you have so much bristly hair on your chin, Doug. It's <laughs> it, it was like <laughs> Yeah, y'all, if I sound different, it's because I've I've forsaken the mustache for a beard again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a handsome steel brush on his face. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like if you it's, it's like if you cut a porcupine like like if you if you put a guard on a porcupine and gave him a clipper cut. It's kind of like what I've got going on right now. <laughs> that sounds so fucking cruel. It would be so hard too, man. Like, I mean, just yeah. like, cause you've ever seen like a kid get their hair cut, like how they like oh, yeah. flip a whale and stuff. Imagine that, but a porcupine and no rationality. Where are we, Fungin Master? I don't know. Um, Paint us a picture. We're we're back at the school today because David lost his notes. <laughs> no, um, you wake up from the dream. The elicit pulls his hey, fingers from your mouth. You are alive again. <laughs> what, Doug? Oh, I was just asking if y'all want to go to the woods. But I was saying an endurance voice, damn like it. character, <laughs> just in case they said yes, it'd be canon. Uh, okay, so previously on Dragon Ball Z, you guys are still in the upper dark. You've learned more and more about Moth's history. You ran into a little mushroom myconid person named Portabelle. You guys all had dreams. Very strange dreams. Where you all came out triumphant on some level. Did we? Dura hold on, because actually I really want, I really want to say... Durak, Siggy, and, and Yardi came out triumphant by feeling stronger, and their, like, dominant skills increased by two. Cash came out with a more, what is the word I'm looking for here? Better perspective. I was going to say more of a moral victory. Chutzpah? Like, <laughs> as, as Shakespeare would call it, huge balls. Huge. Um, no, no. I'm surprised Cash um, can walk anymore, honestly. Like, I, yeah, it just... Just, just clanging fucking. down there. Just hard as steel. He's, he's just, just... You can tell where Cash has been because it's like someone's dragging something in the middle of their stance as they're walking. Um... <laughs> 
Why am I the dungeon master? I couldn't describe that very <laughs> well get, at all. Do I get minus two to stealth checks now because of my like, huge balls? Yes. Just come <laughs> but here. You, but you get, but you get plus ten to foot. <laughs> <laughs> Cash oh. blacks like Jake Lucas. Oh, he fucks. fucks. But that's the thing, is Cash Black just looks like he fucks. He does not fuck. He does not. He pretends he does. (laughs) Cash Black tries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to have to cut all of this out. Cash Black is 18 years old. We can't. We cannot. My sweet, sweet (laughs) baby boy. That is the age of across the board, at least. I it's still weird. We're all over thirty. <laughs> Shit, I'm forty. I'm not proud of this conversation. I'm a young, vibrant twenty-nine. I've got uh-huh. a couple weeks left. Kate, I'm a level with you. You're m- more mature than like the three of us combined. <laughs> I we so... could be three people in a trench coat and not be nearly as competent or mature yeah. as you. I, that's actually a really great way to put it. Like Kate. The the uh, maturity level that you bring to this is probably the only reason the show has continued. I mean that, and uh, the only reason it's had anything but stupid jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. That's all I say though. Without without narrative that you provide, Nolan and I would just make puns all the time. <laughs> it's just, just it's just puns all the whole way down, and, the, and it would just be me groaning. Okay, so yeah, back to what we were saying. <laughs> yeah. Before we started talking about Cash Black Stick and how much we love Kate. Um, <laughs> I feel those two things are connected. I deep, so deeply connected. I, I don't want to. I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> I am uncomfortable with the room we've the created room. in this. <laughs> the, the energy, energy in this room right now sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That needs to be the cold open. Just, just the energy in here sucks. <laughs> it's going right up front. I love it. So, uh, after you guys awoke, you found that Portobello was dead. Uh, Durak and Yardi followed that path and found an archer, uh, an elven woman. She was in a deer stand up on top of a tree. She had a tablet uh, similar to. Y'all's, the ones that uh, Siggy gave you. And she referred to Portobello as the asset. We ended the episode where you you guys said, and I'll, I'll correct me correct me on this, it's like you guys said something about Tilstray. Like, like Yardy, work- Yardy confronted the archer about keeping these mushroom people as assets and how Tilstray would come to learn that that was a mistake. Yeah, and uh, the elven woman said, "Who the hell is Tilstray?" Bum bum bum. And now we pick up back there. The elven woman looks at you and says, "Oh, do you mean Mister O'Pallin, the owner owner of the Upper Dark?" Yardy is still holding her by her lapels. But he relaxes a little bit, and he turns around, and he looks at Cash and Durak and, and Siggy, and just like, did, did, did I say the wrong name? Are we, this, we're talking about the same person, right? I, I didn't I, make that up. Siggy's nodding. Siggy, Siggy's nodding. Durak, <laughs> Durak doesn't shrug, he doesn't nod, he just keeps looking at you. <laughs> Yardy says, yes, the owner of this place, he hired us. Okay, yeah, no, I, um, I'm not allowed to, uh, talk about him, uh, I, I don't use his first name out of deference and fear. Well, then that should tell you how important we are, that we're on a first name basis, ma'am. Durex says, yep. <laughs> okay, I, um, listen, I, I just work here, you guys, I, I, Yardy shakes her just a little bit. Ugh. The tunnel in that tree that goes down. Where does that tunnel lead to? A bunch of other tunnels. It leads to like a whole underground tunnel way, like just leading you everywhere uh, around the park. He already puts one finger on her lips. Does it take us to the mountain in the distance that is being worked on? It can. 
Um, the tram there is out of order. Yeah, the uh, but we do have a Traegar that you can um take there. You mean I have to get back in the mouth of that wet, weird? <sighs> fine, 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 fine. What Traegar are you writing that you enter the mouth? Everyone knows you go in through the butt. Yeah, <laughs> Do the tunnels get us there any quicker? What What is the quickest way to the mountain? Is it the wet thing or is it through the tunnels? Either way, you're leading us. I, whoa, hold on. Why am I leading you? She, she kind of breaks out of your holding her lapels and she takes a step back. She, she's brushing herself off. She's like, listen, I'm one of the park rangers. We've gotten off on the wrong foot. My name is Crackshot. Who are you? I lean to Yardy. I'm like, that's a dumb name. <laughs> dumb name. <laughs> Yardy, Yardy whispers back like, that is such a dumb name. Like, what are you doing describing what you do by your name? That's that's so dumb. That's so stupid. Well, yes, Crackshot. What a good name. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, Yardy wants to intimidate the the park ranger. Yeah. So he he puffs himself up. <clears throat> he goes, "We have been hired by the gentleman who owns this place to seek out." and fix an issue with what is going on. Now, we have been given in complete autonomy and access to everything in this park, and we have not been treated as we should to do our job. We need you to give us access to the mountain so that we can take care of this problem. Give me an intimidation check. 14. Can I boost 14. him up? 14. I'm, How? What, what I'm, are you I'm standing because I'm, I'm standing behind to the side of Yardy. I'm just holding a dagger up at her. Like, behind him as he's saying this. I'm like... <laughs> like, running it like, duck along my neck. <laughs> I'll give you a plus one to intimidation for that, Nolan. <laughs> so it's a 15. Alright. Uh... David's like, that doesn't do anything. Good job. Good job, Cash. I, I mean, listen, it, it could have helped if she had rolled closer to that DC because she rolled an 8 plus nothing. <laughs> so she uh she's like, "Okay, okay, I'm 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 sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm Mr. O'Pound will hear of your conduct with us just for reference." I please don't. I Have I mentioned Actually, you know my what? middle name is Karen? Oh just, boy. You I already turned tell. it back and winks. Um, what's what's everybody's passive perception? I need to retcon 16. because the one episode you asked me, I think I said it was like 11. It's not. It's definitely 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, mine mine's, is 16. Mine's, mine's 15. Shit, Durax is 16? Mm-hmm. That's not He's a lot of survival God. stuff. Crackshot uh, responds and, and uh, can hear them <laughs> hear saying, I'm not afraid of you telling Mr. O'Pallon, you know, what I'm doing. I'm doing my job, but I'll, I'll do what you want. Just, just stop threatening me. I, cause I can't tell what's jokes and what's real. Like you guys are a weird limbo of, of actual murder and, and goofball murder. We keep it fresh. Keep them on their toes. You never know what's coming with us. Durak is sort of gaining a, a good bit of empathy during his, uh, his druidic studies. He realizes that right now they are ganging up on somebody that was just doing their job. And it isn't evil and it isn't bad, but we're treating them like they're evil and like they're bad. And so in a like real moment of calm and might surprise the hell out of y'all, Durak steps back from the back and kind of gets between y'all and Crackshot. And he goes, look, I think we got off on the wrong foot. You was just doing your job. You get us where we need to. And he pulls out one of the hand axes that comes back to you. Uh, he pulls out one of the returning hand axes, uh, tosses it in the air, and calls it back into his hand. He goes, you get us where we need to get, you can have one of these. Hell, I got two, and it comes right back. 
Siggy fucking looks at you <laughs> like you say, you can have one of these. Siggy just kind of looks at you like, fucking re-gifting? I, I made that. But one of those engravings is literally your name and my name and as best friends forever. I ain't getting rid of that one, Sigs. Come on now. Siggy <laughs> <sighs> so clicks her thumb and it, like she uh like she does when she's recording something. <laughs> she, she she says Note to self. Learn how to hit. <laughs> Just learn how to do a hit at times. Unclicks it. <laughs> Durak, uh, like, pokes pokes at her with his finger, like, on the shoulder. Just, like, pokes her. Just, like... Um, and, uh, and then he turns back to uh, Crackshot and goes, um, All right, so about getting to the mountain, what we doing? And, and actually... Uh, Durak, at this point, you you notice with your passive of 16, Crackshot's lapel, um, or, or just above their breast pocket on her uh, shirt, where her name is, uh, you can see that it's it's got one line sewn over the actual embroidery, and Crackshot is written above it in, like, red marker, but the sewn through just says Bevan. Um, <laughs> and, uh, when you, uh, you, you, you say to, you say Crackshot's name. Yeah. It's like Crack, Crackshot kind of st- straightens up and says, okay, just, um, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. And I'm helping you with this. Okay. Direct says, I'll take it to the grave and winks at her. And then, um, Ray is ready to go. Uh, did Moth, was Moth still back with Portabelle, or did Moth eventually come over and join the group? Moth was over with Portabelle, and, and she has walked back over to you guys. She sees Crackshot and, uh, the bow, and she puts two and two together, and she says, Is this, is this who we're after? Is this, um... Yeah, you missed the whole thing. Well, I'll fill you in. She shot me in the shoulder. It's a whole thing. I'm fine. <laughs> We're good. I mean, I'm tough. I didn't cry a single tear. I cast cure wounds. And he just, like, he's just so excited. He just, like, says, I cast cure wounds. Like, he wants to impress Moth, like, real bad. <laughs> Yardy reaches around and points at the hole in Cash's shirt where the arrow was. And he just looks at Moth and goes... He's a very tough boy. You should, you should know. He's very tough. <laughs> Moth is nodding. And, and <laughs> I just keep thinking about that John Mulaney bit. It's like his dad saying, you know who's real great? Your mother. Yeah, we're all on board. <laughs> you don't have to talk up mom. <laughs> Moth, Moth is just kind of nodding at Yardy's. Yes, I, um, he, he certainly seems like a young man who can take a lot of punishment. I, he's like, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant at all. I, and, and Moth, Moth, like, he, Tobias Fumke hears what she said and she says, oh, oh no. Uh, Cash is so red. Cash is so <laughs> His whole body is blushing, head to yeah. toe, and he just turns around to Crackshot and goes, Tunnels, now. <laughs> <laughs> you can see in the spots where you can see Moth's skin, it's gone from purple to, uh, what is red purple? Pink. Magenta. <laughs> normal human blush color. She has normal human flesh look. <laughs> Crackshot uh, leads you guys into the tunnel uh, in the, the top of this tree and uh, there's a large flat stainless steel disc that goes down this tree once once everybody's on it and you guys find yourselves as this platform is going downward just in the middle of what almost looks like 
pitch black nothing. And you see below a a series of tunnels below you. And it's it's almost like do you remember that old Windows screensaver that was the pipes that would just yeah. Oh, yeah. keep getting made? It looks kind of like that. It, it, just a series of tunnels going every which way. It, it, looking at them, you can't tell what system, organization system there is to them, but it's there. You reach the bottom, and Crackshot kind of looks around. And she pulls out her tablet. Crackshot looks at you guys and says, I need you to follow me, but just be kind of staring into the middle distance as you follow me, okay? I'm I'm going to try and play it off like your actimatronics. So I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to have you down here. Yeah, we're the shot. We'll be we'll be cool, right? We'll be we're totally fine. You've seen we can operate uh very well together as a unit. This should be no issue at all. Yardy tries to dance the robot. Direct stares into can, the middle distance. Can somebody please fucking get a hold on that one? Like, oh my god, no, he's just gonna get. <laughs> she's pointing at at Yardy. No, no, sh- someone <laughs> shut that down. <laughs> Here, I have an idea. I know, I know how we can be an actimatronic. Free the elder one. Free the elder one. That's why we're fucking here. No, stop here. that. <laughs> they are going. They are going to look at you so much. You will go to a lab where they will open your skull. Okay, please don't. Well, what if you're taking us somewhere where we're like we're broken and you're taking us somewhere? That could work. Normally, I wouldn't even be the one doing that. Nor I'm just a park ranger. I'm I am where I would be taking you normally would be the place where like we just we 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 eliminate assets. Oh, you mean like the farm down the road? You know, like my mom took the dog to the farm down the road. Got it. Totally fine. <laughs> I bet that dog sure did like that farm, though. <laughs> I was just saying, Crackshot, Crackshot's like, no, the farm down the road's a great place. <laughs> like, it's, it's, that's where, like, all my childhood dogs and my pet fish live now. <laughs> like, they're in a farm down the road. They write me letters all the time. Yardy looks very uh, piteously at this lady and goes, we'll look into the middle distance. <laughs> yes, we'll be good. Yes totally fine and normal because you're not a sad person at all. I'm sure you have lots of things to live for. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll be good. That's a, that's alarming that you said it like that. No! Lots... You're a vibrant life with animals that aren't dead. Anyway, we'll stare into the middle distance. Okay. Okay. Moth kind of looks at you guys and she says, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She snaps her fingers and she's invisible. Siggy's <laughs> like, oh, Grant, another showing off of that one. <laughs> you know, some of us can also cast invisibility. We just don't want to waste our spell slots. That's all. Oh, no, that's fine, dear. I have slots to spare. Cash is wearing off on Moth, just, just <laughs> like, apparently. Cash uh, is, again, a uh, full body. Uh, full body blush and also casts invisibility on himself because that was too much. Yes. He can't. I will I will I will kill the slot for that. <laughs> so I'm also invisible. Crackshot looks at Yardy, Durak, and Siggy and, and just says, Okay, does anyone else want to turn invisible, I guess? This could be a whole lot easier if everyone does it, I guess. <laughs> Durak says, Now wait a minute. Anybody got a trench coat? <laughs> Oh, boy. No, just kidding. That's a bad idea. Y'all just staring at me. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. No, because no, really. It was a joke. It wasn't right like meant to be. That was a joke from Durak, not a joke from Doug. That was. That was oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was. I, uh, I was... Durak's feeling something, man. Like, I, I, I think that, like, there's something about that, like, knowing that this mission is, like, righteous and knowing that they've kind of got this lady back in like in working condition and is like and isn't in danger anymore and they're like so much closer to the place they're supposed to be and almost certainly he's gonna get to wreck some shit soon so like you know like all the things are covered and and he's feeling like that patience that he's been working on with uh uh, with rose and and the sort of just 
trying to be generally content. Yardy looks at the the not invisible group around him, and he puts his hand together. He goes, Siggy, uh, little one, how how comfortable are you riding inside of Cherry for a little bit? Semi. Why? What do you have in mind? Cherry, you know, she she looks a little bit more um, automaton than the rest of us. So my idea is that you ride in Cherry, Durak sits on it as a broken actomatronic, and I hide behind Cherry. And what I'll do is I will cast Guidance on Durak, and uh, we will minimize the impact of people being caught. Sounds pretty good to Durak. Durak just kind of nods his head. I can sit down. Yeah, I was Siggy <laughs> just kind of, she, she keeps raising her hand like she's about to say something and puts it down and she says, I want to be clear. I don't think this is a good plan, <laughs> but I also don't have a better idea. <laughs> so she, uh, she jumps off Cherry, knocks on Cherry's mouth, which just the maw of this... <laughs> Tell me she steps on the tongue and the tongue just pulls the her tongue, back into it. No, the tongue turns into stairs. <laughs> Ugh. She she just walks into Cherry and she um she lays down and she can see a little bit. But now there's like a big lump in Cherry's seat <laughs> um that is Siggy shaped. <laughs> so she's uh she's in there. She's she's looking out of it, and you hear someone whisper from inside. You hear Siggy whisper from inside. Now I I think um, making the mouth wet was maybe a mistake. I I see that now. <laughs> I see it now. Yardy turns to Durak and goes, "If you'll sit, I will I will cast guidance on you, and I will hide under Cherry. Just for for reference, uh, I have a plus nine to stealth. So what? I'm, yeah." Um, I'm I, I'm essentially just going to hide in plain sight, <laughs> so that we can. There's only one person that people are going to see, and it's Durak on the chair. Cool. C- Cash is if, when we all get in formation. Cash is like, Ooh, is this spooky? <laughs> this is fun. I should be invisible more often. I like this. <laughs> Give me a perception check, real quick. Fuck. Seven. You definitely bump into Moth a couple times. <laughs> like, you both bump into each other invisible. And Moth's like, okay, we, one of us needs to stay on this side of Cherry, and the other needs to stay on the other. Like, but their hands touch, I, and it's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't know. We don't know what's touching what. It's, um, yeah. it's a fiasco. It's and it, it's not a sexy one, either. It's it's Mm-mm, just uncomfortable. Just a, just it's, a regular it's ass just, fiasco. Just what was that? Oh, sorry, that was probably me. <laughs> no it matter was my hand, no I'm certain of it. I don't know what yours was. <laughs> it's no matter who is touching you or what. If you are touched by something you cannot see, it is upsetting. <laughs> <Dear. laughs> so yeah, I'm just walking. Cash is just walking alongside, like the right side of Cherry. Just he got that out of his system now, so he's <laughs> quietly going. God. Billy, what was your favorite episode of Good Better Quest? I like the one where they talk about their walking order for a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, we'll fix it in post. That's no, it's just it's one of my favorite game grumps bits too. <laughs> Direct understands the plan. This is pretty clever. He uh but he also realizes that he also realizes that if he sits in the chair he's going to crush Siggy. So what he does is he uh, what he does is he sits like on the one arm of Cherry and like tucks his feet under the other arm like on the other side of Siggy so Siggy's like in a Durag leg tent and then he just sort of doubles over his his cuz remember Durag is lanky he's not big yeah. he's lanky yeah, 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 yeah. so like he 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 gets all like contorted up on the chair and then like lets his arm hang over the back and sticks his tongue out cuz he thinks that makes him look more dead no one give me that stealth check real quick it's only a 13 oof i rolled real bad okay you guys are, are walking behind Crackshot. Crackshot is holding their ta- her tablet in front of her and, you know, just kind of 
pretending to punch buttons every once in a while, and she'll, uh, as she turns corners, she looks back at you to see if you're still following. Along your way, you see more of the rooms like when you came in, rooms that are, are just made of glass, and you can see exactly what's going on inside that glass. At one point, you see what must be one of the Actimatronics without its glamour on, without its its skin, its metal and wood. It's very finely crafted. There are glowing runes on its body. And you actually see a a gnome working on it, chiseling in the runes on its body. And after one tap, at one point, it does turn into a drow assassin and begins to move for a moment like a drow assassin. And it waves its hand and it stops moving. And the, uh, the glamour disappears, and it begins to engrave some more. You start to see fewer and fewer people that work for the Upper Dark in these rooms, and just see more and more of these rooms where just, like, a handful of the Actimatronics just stand there waiting, not moving, staring into the middle distance. At some point as you pass, the rooms are empty. It seems like... More of the rooms that you're passing now are specifically for maintaining the Actimatronics, and right now, none of them are, are too badly damaged. As you're traveling, you see one of the women that was with Tilstray at the beginning when you were hired. She sees Crackshot, and she says, Bevan, what are you doing here? And Crackshot says, Um, I am making a um uh delivery make make making just taking taking this here actimatronic uh situation over to uh uh under the mountain of lowry and isregine looks at durak and the chair and yardy who is just kind of hanging onto the underside of the chair but like also peeking his head out a little bit he almost looks, Yardy almost looks like he is like a trophy part <laughs> on the chair, but you wouldn't notice that he's definitely real unless you were looking for it. And also because he's moving his eyes a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Isregine looks like she's about to say something. And then she stops and she says, very well, as you were. And she walks back past you. The way you came. And Crackshot says, I can't believe that worked. Oh my god, I can't believe that worked. Crackshot continues to lead you down this hallway, and she stops at a large, almost garage door looking entryway. And she says, I don't have clearance to get through here. This is usually where someone else would come out and take whoever I was taking after I left. So I, I don't know what's going to happen past here, but I, I, um, I, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I'll be honest, this part of, of the Upper Dark freaks, just freaks me out. It's so fucking freaky. And like, as, as she says this, you can see her, her tablet is, um, there's, there's like small letters popping up in places on it. So like the Matrix? It's almost, just almost scrolling not, up the screen. Not as constant, more more like uh, fireworks, but but slow. And we're talking like Mario got to the castle fireworks. Can you already look at that a little bit closer? Do the do the letters popping up on the screen make any words? Give me an intelligence check. Let's make an investigation specifically. Investigation. Lucky for you, David. I got a plus zero. Yeah, most people do. I don't know why investigation is intelligence. Um, that was a two. Okay. Plus zero. A two. Man, that looks like a fun-ass game of Pong right there. <laughs> you already <laughs> looks at it like those apps that people get for their cats that have little fish in them. Yeah. And he, he really wants to smack the screen when he sees the letters <laughs> pop up. Durak, you feel something hitting your butt. 
um, in the in the chair, mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, and Cherry actually stands up very tall and tips forward and <laughs> drops you out of the chair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I I think probably Yardy also falls off from the bottom. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Cherry also spits Siggy out. Siggy is very cold and wet. And she says, okay, um, I might need to make some sort of protocol for if I go in there, I normally just keep my spellcasting components in there, but, um, yeah. Oh, it's so cold. Derek walks over to Siggy and doesn't say anything. just walks over there and hands her the, like, bottom of his bear duster. She wipes herself clean and, and... She um, raises her hand to uh, her her robot hand to give you a fist bump right yeah. after. When she fist bump, bumps you, it's harder. And then from there, the arm shoots down, like to also just go full circle and hit into the ground. And she says, "Damn it, I I didn't mean for that to happen, Dirac." And as she pulls it back up, it's just it's almost like. There's a delay on what she wants it to do, and by the time she pulling on her arm to go up, it takes a minute, and by the time she wants it to stop, it's still responding to the, you know, command of it, you know, to, to pull up. It's almost like it has a mind of its own. Crackshot says, Alright, I'm leaving. This is too weird. I I Good luck. You never saw me, and leaves. Yardy goes up to the big garage door. He knocks on it for a second and he turns around and looks at Durak and goes, do, do you think that your axe might be able to assist us in opening this can? Durak, who's been wondering how long it would take before someone asked him to be a can opener. <laughs> <laughs> he, um, at first, one, he is so tickled because he still has both of his hand axes uh, because <laughs> they didn't have... They didn't have that exchange at the end. He was not pleased with the fact that she didn't get them any further. And so he still has his hand <laughs> axes. So he, as he, you know, as he walks towards the door and he takes out Selvatarm, he flicks the, he flicks the, the, uh, the, the blade, uh, the edge of the blade with his, with his fingernail and it lights on fire. And then he goes forward and taps on the door to see if he can test the thickness. Can I get like a, I don't know, investigation or something on that. Is your investigation good? Honestly, I'd say like perception or survival. Okay, okay, okay. Well, if that's the case, um, then I got a 19 for survival. It's not a super thick door. Okay. Like, it seems like it's it's more of just, just a general barrier, not mm-hmm. a super important one. All right, right on, right on. Well, then Durak is going to, um, he's going to go ahead and do both of his attacks I'm just going to go ahead and line him up. He looks back at everybody and he grins real, real big. uh, And he raises the axe above his head and he attacks for 26. (laughs) 26 hit. Uh, Go ahead and assume you hit with both of them because it's a stationary. Oh, actually, I did roll another 26. So cool, cool. Okay. Roll, roll that beautiful uh, bean damage. Let's see here. 1d6 plus... Oh, 1d12 plus 5. I'd be plus scared if, if you said we, it didn't hit. I'd be like, we gotta get out of the oh, store. Yeah, we gotta get away we gotta from get the out, door. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like fighting a gazebo. It's actually a dragon tail. Uh, it's a gelatinous... It's a door mimic. It's a gelatinous cube. Everyone run! Uh, okay, the first one does 16 physical damage. Uh... And uh, and six fire damage. All right. <laughs> In emotional Second damage, one. it hurts the door. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it just breaks their feelings. That wall is no longer a wall. And then the second one, <laughs> it does ten regular damage and five fire damage. So, Durek, as you raise your axe to split, to open this door, it's almost like... In Star Wars, whenever Obi-Wan, you know, like, stabs his lightsaber into the 
the thick door, mm-hmm. and, it, it, and this radiant light emanates from the center. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon does that. Qui-Gon Jinn does that in episode one, The Phantom Menace, when he's getting into the capital ship of the Trade okay. Federation. Does Obi-Wan never just, do it in the series? Obi-Wan does doesn't he do never it. do it's it? Just, nope, nope. Never. Just, in none of the it's movies? It's Qui-Gon Jinn. It's just Qui-Gon Jinn. Just throwing that out there. I remember this one episode. <laughs> Yardi Yard, <laughs> dies because no one has shamed me on my own show. I, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, fun fact, when I was little and all actors looked the same to me, I definitely thought that they got Liam Neeson to be Obi-Wan in the next movie. <laughs> like, they, they switched roles. So now, yeah. Uh, now I'm an adult and I realize I was dumb. So you, uh... Thanks, Nolan. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. No, it's okay. I do it all the fucking time to you. Cut the door this open. Is, this is that fucking Tenshi Muyo moment again. Ah, yeah. You raise your axe and you bring it down into this door. And the the actual axe is doing a, a decent amount of damage. But it's that added heat from the fire that really just cuts through it like butter. And now there is a big crack, like a, a big moldable crack in this, what is essentially aluminum door. <laughs> Direct uses the head of the axe and he like lets the fire burn a little bit hotter with produced flame. And uh, he like kind of bends all of the metal back so that there's not sharp edges sticking out. And so that it's <laughs> enough, so it's enough for everybody to get in. Durak says safety first. Safety first, guys. <laughs> we can't get forward to get a tetanus still... shot. Yeah. <laughs> Is Cash still invisible? Yeah, I'm going to ride this out. I was about to say, <laughs> I, Moth definitely is. So if you want me, like, uh, <clears throat> I'll go through first because, you know, listen, I'm, I hope that someone jumps. Like, Yardy, like, maybe you forgot that I was... <laughs> did you forget I was... Yardy's <laughs> looking in the other direction, thinking that he's looking at Cash. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> jumps and turns to where the voice is coming from. Moth, Holds on he to his was chest actually a little looking bit. where Moth is standing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is getting confusing. I'm I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, how about I go through first and uh, you know scope things out. You know the old Cash Black. Uh, you know investigative. Surely I've done that before. That seems like something I've done before. Let's just give it a shot. Go for it. Okay, I. Walk through the hole. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I walk through. Is there, I mean, do I need to do, am I, is there a group of people standing on the other side of this door give, who just saw an axe head come through It's seven this? beholders. <laughs> give me a, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't think you would need a check for this. You get to the inside of this, this room and you see a, a small, like, I don't know how to how I would call it. What is it when a professor is like an adjunct? You see like kind of an adjunct office in this next room with a large, huge, thick door. Like one of those fuck, what are those doors in Star Trek called, Nolan? Which which ones? The sliding doors. I think oh, you good, got it. Just Yeah, just big sliding doors. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's a name for those. It's it's like those those huge doors that like they keep aircraft carriers oh, the, behind. Oh, the blast and shit. doors. Yes. Okay. Taking it back. Why am I the dungeon master? In front of you is a set of thick adamantine blast doors, and to your left is like I was saying a, a small adjunct office with a um, what looks like a guard asleep. Hmm. Convenient. There's a big red button on his desk, too. Oh. Damn. It's a good thing oh, Siggy's no. not in there yet. The temptation. Um, so, uh, Cash is going to walk. So, is the door open? Like, the adjunct office door? The the garage door is is leading into the adjunct office. Like oh, the, okay. So the adjunct in, office is... Is yeah. that room. And then there's the... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cash walks over to the big red button and just sets his... Just doesn't press it down. Just sets his hand on it for a moment, and and thinks about it real hard. <laughs> Is he? Hmm. 
is a huge red button with a one of those yellow boxes underneath it that's got the black and yellow stripes around it. You know it's important. You know this is like a hot, important button. How far away is the guard from me? He is, he is like f- five feet in front of you. He is sleeping at his desk. He is like leaning back. Give me a perception check. Oh. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> he's asleep. <laughs> he's out, man. Like he's he is fucking out. I'm going to cast message, just that cantrip to talk, to give Yardy a message, just so I don't have to go walk back. Um, and it's like, everyone just... I'm, I'm gonna press a, this button. I need you all to just duck down. Uh, there's a guard in here, and if he wakes up, he won't see anything. It's just me in here, right? Uh, so just be cool. Just duck down and wait a minute. Yardy relays this to everybody, and I think he tries to line them up on the outside of the hole that Durak made so that we're as close to the door so the guy can't just look out and see us. Yardy, did you tell Siggy that it's specifically a button? So when I was talking to everybody, I said... Cash is going to do something in this other room that may affect us outside, and it would be best if we were not seen, and I think the best way to do that is lining up against the wall so that the guard protecting the uh, inside would not see us (laughs) should he walk away. You almost fucked it. You almost (laughs) fucked it. (laughs) All right. I mean, as far as you know, Moth doesn't. Siggy also does as you have instructed. Cash like shakes out his wrists and he's like rolling his shoulders back. He's like, okay, all right. And then presses down the button. Just very quick, slam, just. There is, not only when you slam the button, is it a loud like slam on the desk. <laughs> there is now a klaxon siren and, and the sound of like, Heavy metal scraping on heavy metal (laughs) as these blast doors just fucking pull apart like someone's tearing a Stretch Armstrong in half. Just so much effort going into pulling them apart. This lasts a full (laughs) 60 seconds minute of this happening. Cash is just staring at the door, the guard, Back at the group, at the guard, back at the door for the whole 60 seconds. The guard does not move. I'm kind of worried about this guard now. Um, once the once the door has opened, um, Cash is just gonna very gingerly walk over to the guard and just get very close to his face and just make see if I can see any signs of life. There are none. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm very close to this dead body. Oh, no. Oh. I I will say this. You being that close to him, he's not cold. Oh, that's somehow so much worse. Oh, guys, uh, I walk over to the hole and I'm like, well, just come on in, I guess, because uh, that dude is dead. I didn't. That wasn't me. You know, I would take ownership of my mistakes. Uh, I think we're all growing as a as group here. A uh, Durak, thank you for being the inspiration. Uh, I didn't do that. Moth comes in. She gets out of her invisibility and she begins to um, inspect the guard. And she says, "I have no idea. He was just he was just like this. His feet are on the desk. He's leaned back. His arms are at his side. His head is is back. His mouth agape." Yeah, I didn't. I came in here, I, I said Yardy a message, I pressed the button, it scraped, you all heard it. Uh, yes. It, it, I mean, I, my ears are ringing. I, this is, the gentleman had just been like this when I was here. I didn't, I swear I didn't do it. I didn't cast anything. I didn't scare him. <laughs> Yardy looks at the guy and he, he grabs the full moon boom and he kind of like, hugs it a little bit, and he closes his eyes like he's sending up a prayer. And then he he walks past as everybody's looking at the guard through the adamantine doors that just opened up to see what's beyond and what this guard died protecting. 
Yeah, Durak's like 100% with him. That's That was going to be my next thing is, no, Durak's at the door. So, yeah, so let's say Durak is walking right beside you. He already walks up to Durak, who's already looking out, uninterested <laughs> in the dead body. <laughs> Durak's like, Durak's like, it's a dead body, who cares? I got stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, I, I, exactly. I've seen, seen more of these before breakfast. I don't... Oh, but then um, he's thinking about breakfast, and he gets very distracted. <laughs> you know, be good right now, Darty. You know, be good right now. <laughs> Darty's silently praying <laughs> as he walks. Oh, Salune, this is such a tragic thing. Durak, man, you know, be good right now. Seeing that dead guy really made me pray through loops. <laughs> David doesn't even need us. He can just do all of our voices and <laughs> it's a one-man GBQ. He doesn't need us. This is why you're the DM. Barely. I I'm gonna do that one day. I'm no. I'm gonna do that one day. I'm gonna. I, I do want to do an episode one day that's just me doing all your voices. This will be <laughs> sorry. This will be a Patreon special. That. Patreon exclusive. Yeah, totally uh, David yes. Holman as Cash Black. Hey, everybody. <laughs> can you bring the dumb bitch energy though, David? <laughs> <laughs> I chug dumb bitch juice. Chug it. Bat, bat free, whole pulp, extra pulp, dumb bitch juice. Um, like okay. unpasteurized. Unpasteurized. There yeah, we go. Yeah. You have to buy that Pick. shit in Virginia at the roadside. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk through these huge blast doors and inside you actually see a catwalk standing over a large amount of myconids like portobello except that their cages on their mushroom caps all the pipes go in the same direction leading to two holes in the wall near another set of blast doors already opened forcefully Moth looks at that and she says, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that's bad. This gives Durak like a lot of confidence because this means they're kind of on the same side right now just by default. Like, because there was a moment where he was thinking, I wonder if Moth did all this shit and come back here. And, um, but, but seeing that she's genuinely shocked and everything, um, it kind of counts as a win for Durag. Like, it kind of counts as a one point for Moth being okay still. And so he's kind of like, you see he stands up a little straighter. Uh, I was going to ask if I could tell if the blast doors are forcefully opened in or out. If we could Ooh. tell if something was breaking out of those doors or breaking into. Give me an investigation check with advantage. Okay, the first one was a 10. All right. Second one was an 18. In. Broken in. Okay. Cash runs past. I'm still invisible. Oh, that's right. Cash runs full speed in between Yardi and Durek. Uh, so they just they just feel me push past them. <laughs> they, they hear the clink, 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 clink on the um, catwalk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm running... Because I want to, I want to see who's in the room where the blast or what's left uh, in the room with the blasters are. Because if I can get in there and and see what's going on before they do, you know, I can protect them a little more. I think Yardi looks at Durak, and I mean Yardi's Yardi's a tabaxi. You know, he's got those cat tendencies. But something that he's picked up from Durak is is this low growl when he's a little upset. And his his tail flicks, and some of those silver sparks come out of it. That he's he's feeling emotion. He doesn't know whether to be angry or concerned about what's going on, but he knows something's not right. And I think he looks at Durak, and he slowly starts marching after Cash, trusting that Cash is doing what he knows how to do best, and will catch up to him to protect him should anything happen. But Yardi is in full war cleric mode, ready to do what is best for the team. Yeah. Durak's loving this. So, um, you know, he walks right beside Yardi and, and he's talking like real low as they're walking um, because he is doing that. Got a low in his throat. And, uh, and 
And he goes, all right, look, hold off as long as you can. Be smart about this. And he laughs a little bit. He goes, but, but we're going to wreck some shit, buddy. <laughs> he already looks at him in response and goes, earlier I was worried that I had overstepped and I was making mistakes, but I think seeing this, we're on the right path. We've done the right thing. And he, he just puts his elbow out for a bump and knocks Durak's elbow. And they just like fucking, uh, you know, like cool guys walking away from explosions that slow walk yeah. towards the the blast doors that are open. I love it. I love it. Siggy and Moth are not far behind, but... Can we get a little heartstring moment there? Like, I feel like that's a really emotional Actually, yeah. moment. No, you're, yeah. you're exactly right. I, I think specifically between... Yardy and Durak, there is a small moment uh, where your your heartstrings glow and you feel the strum. I think I'm going to say that if you guys are standing within five feet of one another, just just for the next minute, you have uh, attacks coming at you have disadvantage. Yeah. Feel like that just means beautiful. we're about to fight. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, maybe. Who knows? It depends. It depends on uh, how you react to what you see on the other side of this blast door. On the other side of this blast door. <laughs> Durag gets his axe. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. On the other side of this blast door, you you see we're going to go from the blast door more forward. Cash, you're the first. Is, yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Cash is the first one to see it. You see to your right and left, still above on this catwalk. This room is very different from the rest of, of this. It's not metallic. It's not it's not as cold and clean. It's almost chitinous. There are vats all around the floor beneath you. Each of them about the size of an, an average person. And in each one, are some actomatronics, but also it looks like some people, like real, actual people. And in each of these vats, you also see small fish-looking things swimming around in the vats in this viscous pink fluid of these purple chitinous vats that they're in. And as you look more you look more around, you see that the pipes that were leading from the myconids go in here and spray occasionally like a, a, a mister at a grocery store at the vegetable section, these spores over each vat individually. As you, as your eyes wander further forward, you see more and more of these vats, and it is alarming how many of them are, there are. But the viscous pink fluid is coming from the vat just slightly above it. So it's like a, a staircase situation almost with each vat. And you see that this fluid is coming from a huge vat. And inside of it, tendrils are moving around an enormous brain. And as you see the brain, you don't see any eyes on it or anything like that, but you can tell it sees you. Your eyes lock with this being. And when it sees you, you do hear a voice in your head. All of you actually hear a voice in your head. Fantastic. You will help free me. I need all of you to give me intelligence saving throws. Well, I just rolled a natural one. Oh boy. Oh. Yeah. Nat one. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? No. No one. Eight. Is this an attack? It is not one that your heartstring would come into play. Mm. The heartstring coming into play was going to be more like a cool back to back kind of fight thing. Cash and Durak, you both take a large amount of psychic damage. What are what's y'all's max HP? Nope, I'm not telling you. We need to keep this. No, I 
I need you to tell me because I need, I don't want you to die. Uh, my new max HP as of last episode is 49. 78. 78. Okay. Mm-hmm. Durek, you don't go down immediately, but you are stunned. Cash, you fall hard, and your mind is filled. It's like your mind is full of static. It's like every TV channel is going on at once in your brain. It's like you're imagining all the colors, and a new one appears, and suddenly everything's black, and you are out. Durak, you take 50 points of psychic damage, and you're stunned for one minute. Yardy, you take 28 points. No, wait, you failed, yes. You take 28 points of psychic damage. Yardy, you are also stunned for one mo- for one minute. <laughs> Better Quest is a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was David Hallman. Players were Kate Huff, Doug Hawley, and Nolan Lacey. Music provided by TabletopAudio.com and Kevin McLeod. Introduction music, A Prelude of Space, by My Instant Lunch. As always, thank you for listening.